Hi, I'm Eugene Driscoll, and welcome to Naval Gazing, the Valley Indie Podcast. We're recording this episode on October 17th, and I'm joined by my co-host, Mr. Ethan Fry. Hello. Hello, Ethan. We're both reporters with ValleyIndy.org, a nonprofit online newspaper in Ansonia, Connecticut. Today, our guest is George Logan, the Republican candidate trying to unseat Senator Joseph Crisco in the 17th State District. Mr. Logan, welcome to the Valley Indy, and thank you for joining us. Thank you, Eugene and Ethan. Thank you for this opportunity. Glad to be here. The 17th District, by the way, includes Ansonia, Beacon Falls, Bethany, Derby, Hamden, Naugatuck, and Woodbridge. Right? Correct me if I'm wrong. That's correct. All right, good. Thanks. And uh, by the way, if you want to learn more about George Logan, visit his website. It's www.logan4ct. That's the number four, logan4ct.com. And from there, you can find his Facebook, Twitter, uh, and all kinds of uh, information. So uh, let's just get right into it. Uh, let's just uh, briefly talk about uh, Donald Trump. He is the sort of dominating the news cycle, the presidential election uh, in general is mm-hmm. dominating the news cycle. Uh, you're running as a Republican. Will you be voting for Donald Trump on November 8th? Well, this is what I tell folks. You know, I'm running for a state Senate in the 17th district to refer- represent the folks in the Valley. Uh, I'm not at all involved in the presidential election. Uh, so I uh, prefer to keep my focus on the 17th district and the issues that are involved in the 17th districts. It uh, doesn't really do me any uh, good. It doesn't really help my constituents for me to be commenting on the presidential election or any other election other than uh, my campaign. Do you think, though, there could be, uh, in the Valley, I'm thinking of Ansonia uh, and Derby, we're sort of the land of the independent voters, voters who mm-hmm. don't have a party affiliation. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't comment on, on Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, what if they're using that as a, as a litmus, te- litmus test as to whether to uh, support you? Do you think it could hurt you by, by not addressing that issue? I would humbly suggest that voters not uh, do that either way, because I'm here to uh, you know, not represent any particular political uh, party. I'm here to uh, represent uh, uh, Republicans, Democrats, unaffiliated voters, uh, Donald Trump supporters, uh, Hillary Clinton supporters. Um, you know, I'm here to represent the folks in the 17th district here in Connecticut in, uh, in Hartford. Um, so that's where my focus is, is on those types of issues. Um, in terms of me commenting on the presidential election, again, don't really think it does anything uh, for what we need to do in terms of uh, education, health insurance, taxes, jobs. Um, and it, it kind of is a distraction to the focus. As it is now, the presidential election uh, is taking away a lot of attention to what I think is very important here in Connecticut. In my humble opinion, the state uh, legislative races have more of a direct impact on the lives of the people living in my district, living in Connecticut, than the presidential election. When you take a look, even when federal dollars uh, come in from the, uh, from the federal government, it's the state legislature at the, the legislature that decides how that money gets uh, allocated, you know, throughout the state. When the towns uh, pay their taxes up to the state and it's, you know, it's re- uh, distributed back for education and other things, it's the state legislature that decides how that uh, how that happens. If you have a problem, you're not going to call um, President Obama, you're not going to call um, Hillary Clinton, you're not going to call Donald uh, Trump. Uh, but you have much more of a, a chance of calling your state legislature. So we really need to uh, focus um, when it comes to the state races uh, on the state race and the issues in the in the district, and let the pundits and commentators and folks like you, um, you know, feel free to comment on the presidential election. But that really is not my uh, focus at all. Well, how about commenting in general on the tenor of of the presidential race? Does it? Uh, I mean, you called it a distraction. Uh, it's been. I mean, it, it's hard. Uh, uh, not to talk about it because I don't think uh, 
we've seen something like this in our lifetime when it's become sure. uh, this negative. Uh, how does it create challenges or opportunities for you as a someone who's new to the political arena trying to unseat an incumbent who's been there for a long time? Sure, you know, certainly a, a challenge because uh, what I have to do, and I think most of my uh, fellow state legislators have to do, whether they're incumbent or challengers, is keep folks uh, refocused on home, what's going on here in the state, and what are issues here during a presidential election uh, year. That, that's a, a challenge that's been going on in the, in the history of elections here in Connecticut. No different uh, now. Um, you know, in terms of uh, politics, part of the reason why I'm running for office, I'm a first-time uh, candidate, because uh, I want to change the tone uh, here in the uh, in the state, I can't really do much in terms of uh, the the national um, tenor uh, that's going on. But here in the state, I think uh, we have too much in terms of um, uh, party politics going on, and I want to be more of an independent voice for the 17th district. I want to make decisions that are best for the people living in the 17th district, and uh, I am not uh, concerned or interested in going to Hartford. Um, you know, to represent the interests of any political party, whether it's a Republican or Democrat. Um, I'm here to represent the folks in the 17th district and make decisions that's best for the folks living in the 17th districts. Sometimes they may align with the uh, with the Democratic Party. Sometimes they may align with the Republican Party. I'm going to be an independent voice for the 17th districts. We're missing that now. We don't have that right now. How long have you been a member of the Republican Party? Uh, just under a year. I was an unaffiliated voter since I first registered when I was 18 years old. Uh, reason for that is because uh, I've never believed in voting uh, strictly straight down a party line. I always vote for the individual. I look at their voting record. I look at what they represent, and I vote for that individual. Now, I would say as of uh, uh, late, I consider myself more now of a, of a, a moderate republic, a Republican. I'm more uh, centrist. Um, certainly, uh, I don't think I'm, I lean to the far left as far as a, a liberal is concerned, and I'm certainly so not a right one. You don't. Don't. No. Right no. Left. I do not. No. No. I, I. You know, what really attracted me to the Republican Party is, um, in terms of their tenets, in terms of working hard, fiscal responsibility. Um, you know, uh, working to bring yourself up by your your bootstraps. Those are the kinds of things that uh, I was instilled by my parents when I was growing up. Uh, so I think they're very much aligned uh, with the Republican Party in that in that sense. And where did you grow up? Uh, I grew up in the uh, inner city, uh, New Haven, in the Hill section. Um, then from there, I went to um, Notre Dame High School in West Haven. Uh, my son's a senior now, so he's at my alma mater. I attended Trinity College uh, in, in Hartford, majored in uh, uh, engineering, even though it's a liberal arts school, known as a liberal arts school. I majored in, uh, in engineering. Uh, I have a master's degree from the University of Bridgeport. Uh, I work at uh, a water utility, a and water company. Mainly serves uh, Fairfield County area, but we're also in Litchfield County and uh, and Groton uh, area, um, a part of Stonington part of the state as and well. You got that right out of uh, college. You've been with the company for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I, I've uh, been uh, uh, working at uh, Aquarian as an engineer and now an executive for about as long as uh, Senator Crisco has been in uh, in Hartford. <laughs> about twenty four years. Next May will be twenty five years at, at Aquarian. And, then, and I apologize for skipping around here, but no, not uh, a just, just to get to know you a little bit, what type of uh, work did your dad do? What did your mom do? Brothers, sisters, anything like that? Yeah, up? absolutely. Sure, sure. So um, both of uh, my parents, um, so I'm uh, first uh, generation here in, in the States. My parents came from uh, Guatemala, Central America, uh, believe it or not. Um, I'm of African descent. There aren't many folks in Guatemala of African descent, but <laughs> there are some there. Uh, but, uh, you know, in the 1930s, there was a depression, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, the depression wasn't just in the United States. It was, uh, you know, 
all over the region, all over the world. Uh, so a lot of folks from the islands, particularly Jamaica, um, you know, left the island to go find, seek, uh, you know, a better life. So three of my grandparents uh, immigrated over to Guatemala. Um, so my parents were born there. Uh, and then in the uh, 60s, uh, the United States uh, was involved in Central America quite a bit. So uh, who's now my uncle, he was in the, uh, in, in the army, but he uh, was a repairman for helicopters. So he was stationed in Guatemala. Hmm. And uh, he came across, uh, who's now my, you know, my, my, my aunt, and um, you know, they got married. He brought my aunt to uh, Connecticut, and then my grandmother, um, she had nine kids, she came to Connecticut, and then everybody else kind of sort of followed. I have a very interesting story. Uh, when my mother uh, came in about 1966, I'm uh, 47, I was born in 69, my mother came over, and um, you know, that was the uh, love of, uh, of, of my dad's life, right? So... Uh, in Guatemala, you can travel from one part of the country to the other in like 12 hours, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So uh, my dad um, um, you know, got a visa and he flew to the United States. He flew to Miami, to Florida, called up my uncle, my uncle. And he said, without any forewarning, he said, hey, I'm here in the United States. I need you to come pick me up. Oh, where are you? He was thinking JFK, New York. He's in Miami. So he drove down there and, and uh, you know, picked him up. Uh, so uh, my father uh, worked um, um, as a janitor. Had a, a mechanic, uh, but then he ended up at American Crucible. He worked at a, a factory. It was in North Haven, no longer okay. exists now. Uh, he was there for 17 uh, years. My mother, um, was a, um, they called her back then, they called them secretaries. She was a, a secretary at uh, Yale University uh, Career Services. So she was there for uh, a number of years uh, uh, as well. So, yeah, that's fascinating. And did you have brothers and sisters? I do, yes. Yeah. So my, uh, my brother, my younger brother, uh, he is a... Uh, um, uh, a supervisor, a uh, probation officer, supervisor in Manchester. Uh, so he's doing well. And my youngest brother, uh, he repairs computers. Gotcha. Yeah, so we're all in and, Connecticut still. And just I mean, growing up in New Haven, I didn't think you were allowed to be a Republican if you grow up in New Haven. I thought everybody's <laughs> a Democrat. Right? And this will be heard on WNHH sure, 103.5, sure. uh, uh, New Haven community. Yeah, I also want to have one other sibling. Go ahead, as well. go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. yeah I, don't, yeah, I don't mean to yeah, interrupt. Yeah, one, bad jokes. I have one other sibling as, as well. His name is Jose. He lives in New Haven as well with his, uh, with his family. Um, but, um, yeah, you know, as far as, uh, you know, party affiliation, that was never really my focus, you know, uh, growing up. Um, but, uh, as far as demographics go, you do tend to find more Democrats in, um, you know, urban uh, areas. Um, for one, I, I think I'd like to uh, be a part of, uh, uh, you know, changing that, uh, you know, misconception that, um, you know, if you're from, uh, uh, an urban area that, uh, for some reason, you're supposed to be a Democrat or supposed to be a Republican or supposed to be uh, unaffiliated. You know, it's it, the choices really should be on the individual. And I think uh, um, uh, the Republican Party has a lot to uh, offer, um, but I don't think that the focus needs to be about party affiliation. Um, again, I was an unaffiliated um, uh, uh, voter for over you know 20 years. Um, I think it's just more important that you look at the individual. Look at what they represent. Look what they stand for. If they're an incumbent, look at their record um, and what they've done in terms of uh, what they've supported in terms of bills and programs and the like. Okay. And then moving on to some, I guess, policy uh, issues sure. here. You've identified jobs and the economy as the top issues uh, in Connecticut. Unless, Ethan, did you have a follow-up you want to – I saw you – No, no. I, well, like, uh, like the only thing I was wondering about was, I mean, obviously, uh, like uh, – like, uh, I don't mean to like beat a dead horse here, but like the 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 immigration is like a big issue in in this year's election nationally. 
um, as uh, as someone who like we're all the family, you know, we all come from descend from the families of immigrants, unless we're, you know, Native Americans. Uh, you know, you're sort of first generation, I guess. Um, so, like, do you th does does that have any more resonance with you um, having that sort of uh, recent family history um, in terms of that that national conversation? Do you have anything? You know, does that impact you differently, or do you have any thoughts about it? Yeah, sure. In, in terms of uh, immigration, I mean, we have, there's, there's been a, like a lot of heated rhetoric, let's say, and, and it's uh, I don't know from a lot, uh, mainly from Republicans, in terms of like we have to keep everybody out. You know, there's criminals coming to our country, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put that uh, blanket opinion on uh, all Republicans. I, for one, am a Republican. I don't hold that opinion where we need to. You know, immigrants are have yeah, always. Yeah, the, Donald Trump. Not to not to bring up the the you know the name we can't speak about again, but you know, Donald Trump said, declaring for president, said that you know Mexicans are rapists, things like that. He later said he wasn't. You know, he didn't say that about all uh, Mexican immigrants or all immigrants, et cetera. But it's, it's, I think it's undeniable that it's been a prominent feature of his campaign is anti-immigrant uh, uh, um, rhetoric. Sure, I think you're very you know, you're accurate in, your, in those statements. Uh, I will say I'm not a surrogate of uh, Donald Trump. Uh, I, I certainly would recommend you ask Donald Trump or one of his surrogates as to why he's taken the positions that he's taken. Uh, in terms of uh, my stance when it comes to immigrants, you know, we have immigrants uh, throughout the state, certainly in the 17th uh, district. So I focus on on those. I, you know, in, in, uh, immigration and, and, and immigrants is just a backbone, part of the backbone of our, our country. Uh, I do feel that uh, you know we are a country of rules and laws, and those rules and laws should be uh, should be followed. Um, I'm uh, you know, not in favor of, of supporting uh, illegal immigration, but I'm certainly in favor of supporting legal uh, immigration. And um, you know, I do think that uh, we probably need, you know, need to look at the, the laws of the land to make sure that we're uh, being fair and, uh, and inclusive. Uh, but I'm certainly in favor of legal immigration, not in favor of, of supporting or um, illegal immigration, just as I'm not in favor of supporting uh, most illegal activities. Okay. Then yeah, I, go ahead. So getting sorry, uh, I interrupted myself. Um, you've identified jobs in the economy as the top issues in Connecticut. And you've said that uh, payroll taxes, health care requirements, and other state mandates make the state uh, uncompetitive. Can you describe the problem for me with payroll taxes and what you would do to fix it if you're elected? Yeah. So just in general, when you look at the uh, state of uh, Connecticut, we have um, you know, a fiscal uh, issue here, budgetary issue here. And the current uh, majority party leadership, um, you know, their um, way of solving this is uh, tax more and spend more. Uh, we need to do more to keep uh, companies from leaving the state. We have this outflow of companies leaving the state, uh, taking jobs with them. We have to stop that. And I think the current majority party leadership is not doing enough to do that. Uh, and then we need to... Um, um, Let me just. How sure. would you stop some of the companies from leaving Connecticut? Well, well, one, we're uh, regulation. We're over-regulating folks. Um, you know, death by a thousand cuts. We need to stop, uh, uh, minimize how much we're regulating companies. Let companies, uh, um, you know, do what they do best. And um, smaller government. Uh, we don't need to tell um, the medium size or the large companies exactly how to run their uh, their company. We need to allow them the freedom to do that because what happens is if they don't know when the next tax is going to come on, it's going to be dropped on them, uh, but they see where the 
uh, you know, where the, um, um, the needle is pointing, they're going to be more reluctant to hire new workers, right? They're going to be more reluctant to expand their businesses in Connecticut. Uh, if they get a better opportunity to go somewhere else um, to take their company, they're going to do that. We need to stop that. And when they're not getting any sort of indication from the leadership uh, in, uh, um, in Hartford uh, that they understand that uh, companies and jobs are the backbone uh, in terms of uh, families working and being able to earn a living, um, if, if you don't lead uh, by example, by your actions, uh, we're going to continue on this downward uh, spiral. I also think we need to reprioritize our spending. Uh, I don't think we have, uh, per se, a, a revenue issue. Uh, you know, as a state, um, we have, uh, I think we're like two or three in terms of per capita income in the, in the nation. I think it, uh, the issue is the way we're uh, uh, spending our money. Um, you know, in the corporate world, again, I'm a, a, an engineer uh, executive. I manage multi-million dollar uh, uh, water uh, treatment plants and pump stations and put together uh, uh, small you know, distribution system plans and water supply plans and that sort of thing. And I'm used to solving, um, uh, you know, I'm used to solving uh, 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 problems. Um, when a corporation or company has a program or an, an initiative, that's um, you know no longer meeting its goals or objectives, right? When you have a program, your initiative, you set up goals and objectives. Over time, that uh, program or initiative can go wobbly in terms of meeting its goals and objectives. So what do you do? It becomes inefficient. You need to make changes to make it more efficient, right? If you can't make the program or initiative efficient, you uh, um, in the corporate world, you, you usually you find something to replace it with. Well, what we're doing here in the state is when we have uh, um, initiatives or programs and um, they're not very efficient, uh, we uh, create a new program and spend more money to fix the problems with the exi- with the existing programs or initiatives. I think what we need to do more. What are some examples? Somebody, like, I'm not that familiar with some of the well, state programs you're right. talking about. Sure. Uh, well, look so at what are, yeah, what are some examples um, of that? Uh, look at health care, uh, for example. Um, in my opinion, there's uh, a lot of folks, uh, a lot of state workers uh, who are on the front lines. They know, they see where um, their department or their, the programs that they're working for uh, is not working right. But they're not being listened to. They're not being listened to by their uh, upper management. I don't think they're being listened to by uh, the union leaders that are meant to represent them. So I think um, the state needs to can do more in terms of making the programs and departments that we, uh, various departments and programs that we have working in the state, more efficient. Um, focus on that. Uh, as opposed to just looking to remedy a problem with an additional program, additional money, without actually fixing the root cause of the of any of the problems that we have with the programs that we're running, whether it's education, whether it's healthcare, um, and such, whether it's I, Department of Motor Vehicles, you know, the, the list just goes on and you know, on and on. Uh, I you mentioned. Uh, Regulation, over-regulation, could you like point to a specific uh, regulation or state uh, law or anything that like, you know, if, if you got, a, if the Republicans took a majority uh, in Hartford, let's say they go there day one, let's get rid of like these regulations, like which ones specifically uh, are bad? Yeah, for like, because you're addressing uh, uh, voters who might not be that familiar with uh, the intricacies of every uh department of the state so sure something sure. they can wrap their their hands around sure and also keep in mind i'm the uh, uh, challenger right uh first time i'm running for elected office certainly don't represent the uh state republican party in terms of uh, um and then there is an actual plan if they have a five-year mm-hmm. plan which you can look up on the on online on the internet uh but you know one example is uh is payroll tax Payroll taxes is huge. It's a huge problem for most medium-sized uh, companies. When you took a, when you take a look at um, 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 uh, GE, who's left the state, and Sikorsky, for example, 
Sikorsky wants to expand uh, their business here, right? Um, add a, more jobs, right? Which they're going to do, which I think is a great uh, idea. But given the current tax structure that we have here in Connecticut now, uh, they wouldn't be able to afford to do that. So in order for uh, uh, Sikorsky to want to expand and you know add several thousand jobs to uh, Connecticut, um, the governor and the, uh, the majority party leadership had to cut a deal. Right, had to cut a deal. Had to um, um, cut him a deal of over you know two hundred million dollars. Well, guess what? The medium size and the small uh, mom and pop businesses they don't get that that deal. They don't get that opportunity. So just as it doesn't work for a large corporation like Sikorsky, uh, the current tax structure doesn't work for the small mom and pop, the medium sized companies that really, when you really look at it, uh, are responsible for um, um, overall uh, mo- many most of the jobs in the state of, of Connecticut. How do you respond ones. to, uh, yes. I, I know Governor Malloy, this just popped in my head, he uses mm-hmm. that phrase uh, where we're living, and I'm going to butcher it, the, the, the new normal, the economic uh, conditions we're in are sort of the new uh, normal of, of how we do business uh, in Connecticut. How do you respond to that? You know, the, the way, in the, I've heard the term, the, the uh, new reality, right? Um, right, right. You know, I, I just, to some degree, I get kind of offended by that when he says that, you know, because it's, uh, it's kind of like... Um, His policies, the majority party leadership um, in Hartford are, are the ones who put us in this mess, right? So you put us in this mess, and then you say, well, I put you in this mess, but I'm the one that, uh, that's in best position to take you out of it. You know, it's kind of like uh, someone who uh, sets the, the building on fire and says, hey, I'm the guy that's, that, that's here that is best position to put out the fire. You know, I don't believe that. We're a state of millions of people. I think the current leadership in, in Hartford has put us in this mess. Uh, I don't see why we keep sending the, the, the same leaders to Hartford that put us in this mess. I don't think they're the ones that are, are going to get us out of this mess. We need a new way of thinking, uh, which I don't think uh, in a new direction for Connecticut, then I just don't think the current uh, majority party leadership can accomplish. Um, you know, and Governor Malloy uh, has been in there for you know, several years now, and uh, Senator Joe Crisco. Uh, when you take a look at the decline of the state um, in terms of um, um, our, our financial standing, uh, the budgetary crisis that we have, uh, uh, elections, you know, uh, year after year, you know, legislative session after legislative session, you know, Chris Will's been there during, during this entire slide. Um, um, Senator Joe Crisco um, has voted nearly 100 percent directly in line with Governor Malloy and the majority party leadership. Nearly 100 percent. Last session. 100%. Every single bill that came up from the majority party, Joe Crisco, you know, said, yep, that's the, that's the one I'm going to go for. The year before that, it was about 93%. You keep going back behind that, it's, again, nearly 100%. We need someone who's going to be an independent thinker, independent voice for the 17th uh, district. And I just don't agree with the, uh, the direction that Governor Malloy and the majority party uh, leadership uh, has taken us. And I try to separate that from... Um, uh, uh, all the Democrats that are, that are out there. This is not an issue about Democrats or Republicans. It's an issue of who's leading the, the state right now, who's making the rules. And right now, the majority party leadership, they're being very exclusive, right? When you look at the on the budgets being put together or they're uh, pushing bills along, they don't even invite uh, the other um, the folks in the other aisle into the room to work on the details of budgets and bills. We need to have both, you know, all all legislators, you know, at the table, right, or their, their, their caucus leaders at the table working on issues. Now, as an engineer, uh, I solved problems. I never uh, designed a, a water treatment plant or a pump station 
uh, on my own. I brought in mechanical engineers and electrical engineers. And guess what? I had to have communications experts there as well, right? Uh, you got to bring a team of people together to solve problems. We need to do more of that in the, in the state. And we need to get rid of um, uh, folks that are up there in, in, in Hartford that are, are just too uh, entrenched in uh, party politics. That needs to change. I want to change that. I want to work uh, with you know, all legislators um, uh, up in Hartford. Uh, regardless of party affiliation, to solve the very serious and common problems that we have here in the 17th district towns and in the uh, in the state. So you've worked for Aquarian since about 1992. That's correct. correct? Yes. Okay. And you're, I'm reading your business card. Yes, sure, sure. You're, you're uh, the director of environmental management and government relations. What's the government relations uh, part of that title? Sure, sure. So um, you know, in terms of environmental management, it covers things like we have a um, uh, forestry group and source protection group and uh, uh, watershed, uh, you know, maintenance. And we have actually a police force that I'm in charge of as well. And on the government relations side, um, you know, Aquarian, like most corporations, put together sort of like their government agenda, you know, for the uh, a governmental agenda for the uh, company. So I'm in charge of uh, that and helping to see that through for the uh, for the organization. I've been doing that for a couple of years. My um, um, career and sort of development. I worked as an engineer for 20 plus years, but I was looking to be, I'm looking to be more of a uh, utility uh, executive. So I was looking to gain some experience in other areas. So I've gone down a different path there. And although this is your first uh, try at public office, uh, just, you know, going over your bio, you were the former chairman of the state of Connecticut's uh, African-American Affairs Commission. That's correct. Under uh, Governor Rowland. At what point did you uh, decide to, uh, you know, make this run for office? Was it something that you've been working for for a long time or thinking about for a long time i mean i think it was always in the sort of back of my head but it wasn't uh hasn't been a, a you know career plan of mine if you will um you know i've, I've been in uh, the business world now for 25 years this is my first habit but i've always been involved in the community um, when you look at some of the um Organizations that I've been involved in, as far as volunteer organizations, Griffin Hospital uh, Board of Directors for several years, been on that. Um, the YMCA Board of Directors, uh, Junior Achievement, teaching basic you know business principles to high school and elementary school and middle school kids. Uh, also on the uh, Valley Chamber of uh, of Commerce. So when I look at my uh, kids, my son's a senior in high school, my daughter's a sophomore. And then I look at who's actually leading the state up in, in Harvard. You know, you kind of look and, and you say to yourself, hey, wait a minute. Why am I relying on these guys, you know, to, to lead us here? I think I have something to uh, offer now that I have, you know, almost a quarter century of business experience and I've been involved in a number of community organizations. And if we, you know, if, uh, if, if we uh, don't do something about the current leadership in the state of Connecticut, I'm going to uh, my uh, I'm going to pay for our kids to go to college. They're going to graduate. They're going to look for jobs. They're not going to be able to find a job in Connecticut. I'm going to have to travel to uh, Seattle or, or, or California or Florida to see my kids. And then if they do find a job in Connecticut, they're not going to be able to do what I've been able to do right here, which is buy a home, right, and raise a family. Uh, because it's, it's too ex- expensive. It's out of reach for a lot of young folks. So if we continue to go on that path, make uh, the, uh, the avenue for uh, young folks right, to, to start their own you know, family, make their own way, they're going to do it somewhere else where they can afford to do it. Um, so and we're seeing that in the data that we're sort of losing that 18 to 34 clearly, uh, demographic. Clearly, clearly. So this is not, you know, this is not uh, just I don't uh, you know, like the uh, 
the, the kind of suits Malloy wears or something. It's uh, you know, this has to do with that, and it's nothing personal. It just and you know, I think a, a lot of the uh, legislators and the leaders that are in Hartford uh, are not you know not bad people, uh, but their uh, policies uh, they gave it a try and it hasn't worked. So we need to bring in other folks with different ideas uh, to go a different uh, different path. And then and on the other hand, though, your opponent is, what, an 11-term incumbent? Mm. Is that right, Ethan? I, I think it's 12, but I, no, I could be wrong. It, I, it, could, it could be 12, but yeah. So go ahead, Ethan. Lead into that. That was a question Well, I mean, like, you, he's, right? he's, 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 done a, he's, he's served a while, as you mentioned. Uh, grew up in the district, um, which is, um, it, like, in terms of party registration, it's heavily Democratic. I mean, unaffiliated, outnumber both. Um, but, you know, just two years ago, he brushed aside uh, that Senator Crisco brushed aside the challenge of uh, Phil Tripp, who's a popular Ansonia Republican um, in, in the 17th district. So, I mean, how do you plan on succeeding where others have failed in that respect? And, and what are you doing differently than those previous challengers? Right. So, you know, Senator uh, Joe Crisco, first I would like to say he should be uh, certainly commended for his years of service. I mean, you know, 24, I think it's 24 years um, as a state senator, I think is, is uh, that's something he should be commended for. Um, however, when we look at now and look at the job that he's doing now today, I just don't think he's doing a, a good job. And what do I base that on? I base it on his voting record, again, being aligned with Governor uh, Malloy. Um, and not being an independent uh, thinker. Uh, one thing, though, that uh, Senator Criscoll has that I uh, did not have when I started this, uh, this journey uh, back in um, uh, really February, January, February is when I really started. He has name recognition. Right. right. And it's so it's hard huge. to unseat an incumbent anywhere right. Uh, right. locally. But. Right. So name recognition is my biggest, has been my biggest obstacle thus far. So how do I counter that? Well, I have got to work you know, three or four times uh, uh, harder uh, than the incumbent. Uh, I've been at this uh, uh, just about every single day, um, you know, s since I, I put my, f you know, my foot in in, in in February. First, in terms of fundraising to qualify for state campaign on financing. And since uh, around May, I've been uh, going door to door every, just about every single day, trying to meet voters, going to uh, uh, events. Um, I've also done things like... Um, I've tr uh, tried to, um, uh, you know, challenge Senator Crisco to a debate, just so we can, so the constituents can see um, and hear, um, you know, our approach at tackling the, you know, current issues of the state. But Senator Crisco is not interested in uh, in doing that. I've heard because this is my first time uh, running for office. Uh, I've heard that um, um, sometimes, uh, longtime incumbents uh, do that strategy, right? They uh, don't want to uh, give a stage to their uh, challengers. I think that's uh, uh, sad, you know. Uh, um, you know um, as as a uh, state senator, um, as an, uh, if I should be fortunate enough to be elected to this office, I would never uh, do that. Uh, I think it's important. And you know, you think someone who's been in office for so long would have a lot to be proud of, a lot to tout. Uh, would be more than willing to uh, get up on a stage and defend uh, uh, his voting record, you know, and explain why uh, he thinks it's such a good idea to be aligned with, uh, you know, with Governor uh, Malloy. Uh, I could only think that um, um, he doesn't have any answers uh, uh, for that. You know, he doesn't have any answers for why he continues to vote strictly along, uh, you know, party lines on every, uh, just about every issue and bill that comes uh, uh, that comes up, and uh, explain why that's good for the 17th uh, district. Um, you know, the question, you know, I, I would ask is, is your is your uh, allegiance to the, the, the party 
or is it for all the families and the people living in the in the 17th um, 17th district? So, um, trying to show the contrast between um, Senator uh, Crisco and myself, trying to show the contrast in in approach and the focus. Uh, I think would be a bit uh, different because, again, I think the um, uh, main issue is, uh, is is jobs. People need to work. People uh, uh, want to be able to earn and make a, a living. And we need to show that we're focused on accomplishing that for the folks in the state. I think folks are tired of seeing the state um, uh, budget cycle after budget cycle in uh, perpetual uh, crises. Um, you know, I think, um, um, you know, we're being... Uh, 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 fooled in, in Hartford. You know, you look at the revenue projections, right? Revenue projections. The last few revenue projections um, before budgeting, the revenue projection is, is one number. And then when it comes down to the nitty-gritty of doing the projections, oh, we over-projected. It's, it's less than what we uh, thought. It, but I say baloney. You know, we all know where the, they know where the revenue projections are, are, are going, but they're not giving the people the real information, playing party politics, right, just to pacify folks uh, to, you know, and, and concentrating more on keeping uh, their um, uh, party legislators uh, in office, uh, in power. We've got to stop that. We need to do more to, as, as uh, legislators, as leaders in the state, to represent the people that we were sent to Hartford to represent. And it's not to represent and to make uh, uh, any particular uh, political uh, uh, party uh, stronger. It's to make the people and the family living in the state uh, stronger. And who are you uh, relying on or who is helping you uh, is there any mentor or anything like that that's mm-hmm. helping you on the campaign trail? Because, uh, like, like we said, the, the you know the the task here is tough. Sure. Because uh, in, in, in anywhere it's tough to unseat an incumbent, someone who's been there for a long time, and it's uh, even harder in 2016, where you have sort of this media consolidation, where you're not getting the coverage that you might have. 30 years ago, uh, right. 35 years ago, or what have you. So who's helping you? Yeah, so, you know, they say it, it, it takes a, a, a village to raise a child. Well, it takes a, a village and a community to uh, bring up, I think, a, a leader, a political leader in the, in the community. Uh, so I'm getting help from many different uh, areas. Um, certainly the um, uh, Republican Central uh, uh, Committee has been very uh, helpful. Because apparently uh, this is one of the flag races of the Republican Party, from what I read at CT Mirror. This is one that the Republicans. Yeah, that's what that's here. Yeah, yes, and and certainly the, the, the Democratic leadership is paying attention to uh, uh, as well. But I'll say this though, um, you know, the uh, advice and the help that I'm getting uh, is not uh, simply from the Republican Central uh, Committee. I'm on a number of um, uh, different you know boards and organizations, and I have. Uh, Lots of Democratic friends who are quietly helping me, you know, helping me out uh, because a lot of folks, you know, again, um, the the focus and the issue is not one party versus another. We have got to stop that. It is about uh, improving the lives of everybody, you know, living in uh, my district towns and living in uh, Connecticut. And to do that, uh, certainly when you go to work, nobody works with all Republicans or all, uh, all, all Democrats. We all work uh, together. Um, and I'm trying to bring that to Hartford uh, as well. So in terms of uh, uh, folks that I know from the you know, business community, from the nonprofit community, uh, I'm director of environmental management at Aquarian. Uh, so I, I'm getting all kinds of uh, advice and, and information and uh, um, 
uh, contact. That's one of the things I really enjoy about uh, this experience. I'm meeting just so many um, uh, you know new people, uh, wonderful folks, you know, with different uh, you know ideas. Uh, folks are, are are giving me their thoughts in terms of the state of the economy and their ideas for where we can uh, uh, improve it. And I like that. I think I think that's wonderful. I think Senator Joe Crisco is not uh, doing that en- enough as of uh, you know as of late. I think he's uh, you know writing on his uh, on his name. I mean. Again, he's been in office for for uh, for many years, but uh, this is the to be a state senator. This is the kind of job where you have to really your your heart and your spirit has to be in it. You know, you've got to want to go and see the people. You know, I'm in Hamden. I go to Hamden, uh, knocking on doors. I was in Hamden this uh, weekend, um, um, and I nearly like 98 percent of the doors that I knock, uh, the residents there have never never even met Joe Crisco. You know. Uh, I don't want to be that type of legislator. Do people know who represents them? I'm wondering if is there an awareness at all that the there, that their legislator is? Yeah, there's there's some of that, you know. And I think um, as far as the, the local legislators, I think overall in general, not I'm not going to just pick on Senator Crisco on this. I think overall, I think uh, uh, that is an issue. I think for some of the state the legislators, folks uh, don't. Uh, Sometimes may not realize the importance and the impact that the state legislature has on their daily on their daily life. Um, but I think uh, someone like myself that has the uh, the energy and the and the drive, uh, and again I enjoy meeting people. I enjoy uh, learning about people's uh, you know issues and their thoughts and ideas, and um, it, it it feeds me. It helps me to uh, help guide and uh, and and develop my. Uh, thoughts and, and opinions and foundation uh, for helping uh, uh, the district. And I want to be someone uh, that um, um, is always open and uh, understands the issues of the district, which over you know time changes. So you constantly have to be you know out there um, um, in front of folks so that they can uh, tell you what's on their mind, what their issues uh, are. Did you have a question? Yeah, uh, yeah. You mentioned uh, taxes. Um, presumably, I think to. You want to? You'd like to see them cut. You, you, I'm guessing you don't want to increase payroll taxes, um, but you know, if 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 you if you presuming there's there's a tax cut, uh, like where there's going to be a, a, a fall in revenue because of that. Um, so like, is, is there any? Like, I'm thinking of, of 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 times when you know there are there are you know revenue comes in less than you expected. Like you mentioned that, and they have to cut things from budgets. Um, everybody screams about like what they cut out of the budget. Like, is is, is what should the state? What should be cut out of the state budget? Mm-hmm. And um, you know, you know, like the, the, there seems to be like a, a an exercise, this like sort of gamesmanship, where it's like, oh, we have to cut the budget, so let's tell people we we have to cut like the the things they like most. Like there was a recent. Uh, thing where the state board of education said, "Oh, if we had to, we might cut two schools. vocational schools," yeah, really and everybody—I mean, there was a lot of outcry about that. At least here in the valley. So, like, how, how do you how do you combat that uh, at, when bu- at, in t- uh, at budget time? That sort of gamesmanship, and and where would you prioritize cuts if they had to come? Right. So that's where the um, approach, you know, needs to change because what uh, the majority party is going to say—they're going to say, "Look, um, we can't cut." 
taxes because we will have a drop off in revenue. Well, I say you don't cut, like I say, payroll tax or uh, income tax. You don't cut it from you know the the nine or ten or eleven percent that it is now down to zero. You don't do that. But perhaps you cut it, uh, uh, you know, one budget cycle from uh, eleven or eleven or ten percent down to you know to nine. The next to eight. You know, and as you do that, you're going to be encouraging companies because, oh, okay, they get it. They're going in the right direction. You know what? I'm going to hire an employee or, or, or two more. I'm going to expand more. I'm not. I'm going to stop my plans for leaving the uh, the state. So as they see that the that the state is um, uh, working to change its tax structure in in a reasonable, um, business like uh, manner, uh, I think it will. Um, it will help to uh, change the dynamics, change the attitudes of folks that are uh, owning and running these uh, businesses. It's not a matter of just you know cutting existing taxes to zero. Of course, we're not talking about doing that, but we're talking about uh, doing it in a step-by-step manner that on the one side you're cutting taxes and on the other side you're building confidence in the business community so that companies, uh, one, want to stop leaving the state, so stop the bleeding. And, uh, and two, uh, perhaps you can encourage other companies to come and we can be more competitive uh, as a state. Other states are doing it. Uh, we should be able to do it as well. When you look at Connecticut, we have so much to, you know, to offer in terms of you know, beautiful uh, landscape, beautiful communities. Uh, we have great schools. Uh, you know, we're um, you know, a couple hours one way from New York, a couple hours another way from, uh, uh, from Boston. Uh, there's a lot to offer here in Connecticut. We need to tout that uh, more. But in order to do that, we need to show that we have folks that are leading the state that get it and that are are not just making uh, knee-jerk reactions. So what happens when you're uh, you don't have a, a balanced you know overall plan? It's you know it's cutting taxes certainly, and it's also encouraging uh, job growth. You do it at the same time. It's not one uh, or the uh, uh, or the other. Um, once we can do that. Um, I think that'll be part of the uh, change of the dynamics of the, t- uh, of, of the state. And the current um, uh, leadership, what they're doing now is just knee-jerk reaction. It's, again, it's, okay, we have to budget. Oh, my gosh, we've got a, a $200 million uh, budget deficit. Uh, what are we going to cut? Right? And then we make uh, haphazard uh, decisions that are not ba- – and, and you keep the same ineffective, inefficient programs running exactly the same. You do nothing to make them more uh, efficient. You just start uh, cutting jobs, right? which just puts us in a worse case because now you get a bunch of folks that are going to be put on uh, you know, unemployment, not earning a, a living, not making money. It's a downward spiral. That needs to change. The current majority party leadership – doesn't get it. I am not interested in convincing them to get it. I say we vote them out and we get a new crop of, of leaders in there uh, to take the, the, the state in a, in a new direction for a, for a better Connecticut. Uh, you mentioned how like the uh, a lot of pro- like they don't change the programs. They'll just go to layoffs. Um, like I, I think, you know, I'm not an expert in like state agencies, but I, I would think that a lot of those a lot of that has to do with like union contracts and to like less hired first uh last hired first fired that sort of you know pecking order rules and stuff so like how specifically uh would you say like we they have to you know when those contracts come up for renegotiation they have to change the 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 way state agencies work and like which ones and and how should they change yeah, yeah, certainly. I mean, we look at things like collective uh, uh, bargaining. Um, yeah, I do think that's um, important and necessary. And I think that union leaders, um, you know, need to um, be realistic and come to the table and um, you know work uh, to negotiate you know current um, uh, contracts so that it um, it matches more closely to the um, uh, reality that we have now um, as a state. I also again feel that. 
um, um, the workers, the state workers. Uh, we need a pl- uh, we need to develop a better plan uh, for um, you know uh, taking um, um, constructive criticism and comments and suggestions from state workers to make the departments better and, and do it in an organized fashion. Right now, it's just not happening uh, at all. Uh, again, that's part of a, 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 a multi-level um, you know, plan to make the state uh, better. Um, you know, the state uh, workers and uh, the state programs and departments that we have play a huge part of it. Uh, it's it's a, a collective effort. Again, I'm a problem solver. Uh, I'm not coming in here saying, hey, this is exactly how we need to solve all of these problems and ills of our state. But what I am saying, though, is that I believe that uh, we need to uh, collectively uh, work more towards getting finding solutions to common problems that we have. And then just to get uh, hyper-local for a second, uh, how did you wind up uh, in Ansonia? You live in Ansonia. How, yes. how long you've lived in the city, and how did you uh, wind up here? Sure, sure. So uh, moved into Ansonia in uh, 2000. Um, you know, in the, um, I lived in Hamden for about three years. Um, and, you know, when uh, I was looking for a, a place to, uh, to live, we looked at different communities. You know, Fairfield County was a bit out of uh, reach for various reasons in, in terms of cost of homes. And uh, uh, we liked the valley. You know, uh, we looked at Ansonia. The home prices were, at, the, at the time were, uh, were reasonable. Uh, we moved into uh, an area which was a new uh, development. We looked around at the schools. You know, uh, uh, my kids uh, went to Assumption School uh, in Ansonia. Um, I went to a similar type of school in New Haven. I went to St. Peter's Parochial School in New Haven, and I wanted my kids to have that same type of, uh, you know, education with the, sort of the religious uh, uh, aspect in, uh, involved as, as well. And um, it, it just seemed to be a good fit. You know, the commute uh, to my office, which at the time was in Bridgeport, was you know barely a half, uh, you know, half an hour. And um, it seemed like a very warm and welcoming uh, uh, community, the Valley. And uh, um, it has been uh, uh, an excellent experience, uh, you know, being here. My family has grown uh, here in the uh, in the Valley. I have two very well-adjusted kids, you know, uh, doing uh, great things in uh, uh, you know in high school. And um, no, it's, it's been a, a great uh, American community, uh, you know, to live in. And then, just in terms of. Uh Economic development here in places like Derby and Ansonia. I mean, we're here on the, our office is on Main Street. We we, yeah. we overlook the uh, former Farrell's complex there, uh, much of which just sits vacant. Right. Uh, you can see it in both Derby and Ansonia downtowns, uh, and then the Republicans locally and Democrat uh, parties on in Ansonia are involved in this Facebook back and forth about the best way to spur economic development. Uh, in your opinion, what role can state government play? in making that happen and how would you help uh, Derby and Ansonia downtowns if you were elected you know and I hate to hate to keep you know uh, I don't hate but to keep going back to the same issue how can the state help the state plays a very big role uh, make the state more business friendly so that there are more opportunities uh, um, uh, for companies to want to come to uh, towns like Ansonia or, or Derby or any of the Valley uh, towns to open a shop. But until we change the dynamics up in Hartford, until we uh, change the business climate here in the state, uh, it makes it hard for the um, you know, local officials uh, um, to move the needle uh, because the state just looks so unattractive currently uh, to, for businesses to move here. Uh, we need to change that dynamic. And that's the biggest area where the uh, state government uh, plays a, a, you know, a big role. Be more of the leaders that uh, they're supposed to be uh, and do more to um, 
make uh, Connecticut attractive for families to want to stay, families to want to move into Connecticut. You know, when you take a look at uh, 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 business uh, and uh, cost of living metrics, you know, we're near, you know, near the bottom in a number of different uh, uh, areas. We have to work towards changing that dynamic. Right now, that is not happening. The situation here in the state is just getting worse and worse with seemingly no end in sight. Well, I say there is an end in sight. Get some new leadership up there and let's uh, uh, make a change happen now. Okay. Ethan, do you want to ask one more? We're, yeah, we're at another, the 47-minute mark, just so everyone Yeah, yeah, a like a, another, like, uh, something that, like, you spoke out on, uh, I think you were at the, um, you spoke at the, uh, during Ansonia's budget process last year, uh, where they mm. had that big thing at the high school. I remember and You that. were one of a lot of, you know, several people who spoke that night. It, you know, every year in Ansonia, it seems recently, there's been, uh, you know, debate over the school budget with the school district asking for more money than the city seems willing to allot. Um, both Ansonia and Derby are uh, characterized by the state as quote-unquote distressed communities and the GOP has uh, long said rightly that the state isn't allotting uh, the amount of money it should under its own education cost-sharing formula. There was a recent lawsuit in which a superior court judge agreed that the state is currently appealing. Um, what would be your approach to sort of helping solve that education issue? Do you want the do you, want the, do you wish the state hadn't appealed and let the judge's ruling sort of play out, or, or how, would you, how would you tackle that if elected? Right. So I think the whole uh, educational uh, allocation system is, is broken. You know, the educational cost-sharing system, when it was uh, initially, the initial concept was uh, it was based on um, uh, f uh, facts and data. It was a formula, you know, but what has happened is it has gotten politicized over the years. So now uh, the allocations are not occurring in any kind of way that I or anybody else can make any sense of. You know, you'll have a, a, a legislator that'll be from a part of the, uh, the the town and maybe he or she is on a appropriations. So you say, hey, oh, let's make sure we uh, we don't cut or we give more to that you know uh, uh, those districts because we want to make sure that our uh, that that individual gets reelected. You know that sort of thing. It's gotten politicized. We need to uh, start uh, start over. You know I believe that um, the local communities they're they know best how to utilize the the funds that are needed for their uh, communities. Um, I think it, that needs to be uh, uh, taken apart. <laughs> And just redone uh, completely and take partisan politics out of it. Because right now, communities like uh, Ansonia and, and Derby and, and, and all, all the way down the, the, the line, uh, Bethany, Beacon Falls, Naugatuck, we're, we're uh, uh, suffering because, one, Senator Joe Crisco goes to Hartford. Whatever the majority party uh, says that we're, we're going to get, he just says, OK, fine. You have to speak up for your district. So under the current system, I don't think Senator Joe Crisco is doing enough to speak out for the 17th district. Please find me something somewhere where he speaks out against the plan that the majority party has put together for the uh, town. I'm going to speak out for the 17th district until as I work towards uh, changing the uh, education, uh, educational cost sharing system that currently is broken. So until it gets changed or fixed, I'll be speaking out loudly uh, for the uh, district towns, and I'll be uh, uh, supporting and working with other legislators to come up with a better system for the uh, al allocations of those uh, of those dollars. And just really quickly, it hasn't seemed so much a hot button issue this year, but Common Core that was uh, a, like a big, uh, big uh, sort of flashpoint, I guess, in, in previous years. Do you have any, uh, you know, quickly? Do you have any thoughts on that or how it's being implemented or not? 
Yeah, I'm, I'm not. Uh, so one, I'm not a, a professional educator. And I'll just stay with that. But my opinion is uh, I am not uh, in favor of, uh, of Common Core. I think um, it's just, um, you know, taking a lot of the uh, prof- you know, profession and, and art that's involved with teaching out of the hands of the, uh, of the teachers. Too much focus on standardized uh, tests. I think the, 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 the wave is going away from that. Uh, you know, anyhow, uh, but I would follow on that wave. I would say Common Core is, is uh, um, not working. Uh, I think it, I, I personally just think it needs to be th- you know, thrown out and just, uh, you know, let's just do it another way. And, and again, I'm not saying that I have the exact answer, but bring in the professionals and let's come up with something better because no one seems to like it, at least here in Connecticut. Uh, the administ- administrators don't like it. The uh, uh, students don't seem to like it. The parents certainly don't uh, don't like it. So let's let's um, you know work towards getting rid of it. That's just my that's my opinion. And then um, you, uh, Eugene mentioned you were the former chairman of the State African American Affairs Commission. Is that that's correct? The correct title. Sorry. Yes. Um, we had a recent uh, forum just across the street at the the Doyle Senior Center uh, a couple of months ago, where the city did. Uh, in conjunction with the Ansonia NAACP, where they spoke with police leaders from the Valley and just, you know, regular residents um, sort of trying to, like, reach out to, you know, communities uh, the police department serve and protect. I mean, we haven't seen, like, the Valley, thankfully, hasn't seen uh, problems similar to those sort of roiling other communities with respect to, like, police-public relations. Uh, But it sort of struck me, even at that forum last night in the Valley, uh, you know, the police brass that were there said that, you know, we have to do a better job sort of reaching out to, to the communities we serve and protect. Um, have you seen that, you know, locally at all? Or, do you know, do you think the, the local police, you know, do a good job of that or any any areas that, you know, the, the communities and the police should uh, sort of work together on? You know, I, I think we're uh, fortunate. I think in all of our district towns are um Police um, departments uh, do a, a wonderful job at uh, uh, you know protecting uh, and making sure that um, you know order is uh, maintained throughout our communities. Uh, I do not believe that we have the same types of issues that are found in other uh, large uh, urban areas, say uh, Chicago or Ferguson or or uh, 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 Milwaukee. But um, um, there's always room for improvement, you know. And I think our local police departments understand that. That's why they're always reaching out. Uh, and working with groups like the, uh, you know, the NAACP and other groups, uh, I think that's very uh, important. And it's and, and, and it's not just with uh, uh, my, you know, minority groups. It's for you know every community that we have in these seven uh, district towns. I think we should continue. Uh, with that, figure you know, in terms of making things better as far as uh, community and, uh, and and policing, and I absolutely would want to be uh, a part of that. Uh, but I do want to you know make it clear that uh, this is you know this is an issue for everyone living in the mm. seven district towns, um, and certainly certain communities have more or, or a different focus uh, than others. But I think that we have uh, police departments that uh, that get it, that are willing. To you know, make um, uh, adjustments as needed uh, to police um, to police better, and I think we're in a very good position. I think that's great, um, and I certainly would like to be more of a, a part of that as uh, the the uh, 17th district's uh, state center. And then, uh, really quickly, I guess, or you know, take your time, take as much time as you need. But you, uh, on your website, you say all options are quote-unquote, on the table with respect to combating the opioid epidemic that's we've seen sort of sweeping the state in recent years. Uh, you know, if, if it were up to you, how specifically would you do that? Would you 
decriminalized? Like, you know, what 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 approach should the state be taking to uh, to try to to fix that problem? Okay, so first I'll start at the uh, state level. Um, and my wife works with the Department of Mental Health and Addiction Services out of um, she works in, out of New Haven. Um, so I I get a lot of um, um, you know her mm-hmm. uh, opinion and, and experience in, in terms of uh, from that angle. So first of all, we have an opioid epidemic. It is here right now. The problem in Hartford is that. Um, the current um, leadership does not recognize that. So what you have, what's going on is that uh, uh, spending towards um, treatment for uh, folks that are addicted, particularly opioid addictions, has remained uh, uh, flat, uh, at best has remained flat, but the number of people that are afflicted uh, with this opioid epidemic is, has gone up tremendously over the last few several years. Uh, so we're, uh, when I go back to reprioritizing how we spend our money, uh, there's, there's just a lack of, of vision, a, a lack of, of focus. And again, I go back to Senator Crisco because I say to myself, look, as the state senator should be doing more to uh, be vocal about the issue. So what happens? You have... Um, uh, 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 spending is, is is flat going to these different uh, 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 clinics and, and programs, uh, but the number of people that uh, are becoming addicted is growing. So what happens there? The waiting lines become just utterly ridiculous, right? Uh, the staff that are the staffs that are trying to address this problem are overstressed. What happens to those people if they don't get if they don't get treatment? Where do they go? I'm on the Griffin Hospital Board of Directors. I know where they go. They go to the emergency room, which costs exponentially more money to, to, uh, uh, to treat someone for um, you know, uh, an, a chronic issue with acute care. Right. And then what you do, you, you just basically they come in, you, you, you patch them up and you send them back out into the community doing nothing in terms of treating uh, the, the problem or the, uh, the issue. We need folks in, in, in Hartford that understand what is going on currently uh, in our community. We need to reprioritize our spending. More spending is needed in that area. We need more programs. We need to handle the uh, issue of, of, of addiction. Now, again, it's not a matter of, OK, um, Throw the you know throw the addicts in jail or throw them in a, in a program. No, it's a combination of things. Look, if someone is breaking the law, right, they must um, pay the consequences, right? Okay, that's on one side. But let's let's uh, encourage folks not to get in that kind of position, right, where they're ad- addicted or then they're not um, uh, behaving in a, in a in a in a rational type of uh, of way because they're not getting uh, the type of uh, of treatment services that they should be. Uh, we need to reprioritize our spending. We need to spend more for treatment of um, folks that are addicted to, uh, to drugs, particularly to handle this opioid ep- epidemic that is here right now. It's not a next month or a next year issue or let's follow the trend. No, it's, it's, it all, it's done. We need to focus more on, uh, on, on treatment uh, now. But I, I am not in favor of uh, decriminalizing illegal activity. Illegal activity has its consequences, uh, and, and certainly it's up to a judge to you know, consider any extenuating uh, um, circumstances. I am more focused on the treatment of the folks that need that help and looking at you know, what, are, what's the, you know, what are the causes and the, and the root issues that are linked to that. I mean, for one thing, it's just that as time has gone on, uh, a lot of these drugs that are out there are just far more potent you know, than they were, um, you know, decades ago. 
you know, you look at this uh, uh, fentanyl thing, you know, they, they, they say it's 40, 50 times more potent than heroin. You know, I've, I've never done drugs before, I've never done heroin, but I've, from what I've heard, heroin is a pretty addictive and potent uh, uh, drug. And you're talking about a drug that's out there in the street that's 40 to 50 times more potent than that? That's a problem. That's an, that's an issue. And of course, they say nowadays that we're starting off, uh, you know, it's not like the, I don't even know if these were the old days, but, you know, junkies were on the street, but now we're sort of, uh, we're getting addicted, uh, you know, from our parents' medicine cabinets. Mm, right, and right. And things like that. I guess right. uh, healthcare plays a part uh, as well. Sure, absolutely. Yes, we need more focus on that for sure, here and now. Okay, you know, as, as we uh, wind down, I think those are our questions. Is there anything else you wanted to to add uh, before we wrap up shop here? Sure. I mean, I certainly would like to say that, um, you know, I, I hope I'm given the, uh, the the privilege and the pleasure to represent uh, folks in the 17th uh, district. Uh, you know, I've got the uh, the energy and the drive uh, to try to make a, a change for our, our district towns uh, in Hartford. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, Senator Joe uh, Crisco is, is literally just more of the same, you know, and we, we don't even have another couple years of that. We can't afford that. Uh, Governor Malloy is going to be in office for another two years. We don't need someone in Hartford that's just going to um, uh, you know, succumb or, or, or be a surrogate to Governor Malloy and, 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 and his policies, because I don't think they're working for the 17th district. We need a change uh, right now. Um, the one to you know minimize the damage of Governor Malloy and hopefully um, do more to to you know pressure him to uh, make different uh, uh, choices and decisions uh, uh, for the state. Okay, Mr. Logan, I want to thank you so much for coming to Ansonia, mm. uh, even though it wasn't that. I guess you live here, so that's not <laughs> that much of a stretch. But taking time out of your day sure. uh, to talk My pleasure. To, to talk to Ethan and I, we really Definitely. appreciate it. Ethan, Eugene, I appreciate it. Thanks a lot. And if you want to learn more about George Logan, visit his website, www.logan4ct, that's the number four, logan4ct.com. And he's also on uh, Facebook and Twitter as well. And for Ethan Fry, this is Eugene Driscoll saying uh, we will see you next week on Valley Naval Gazing. (laughs) 